and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Farmer, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff Carlson as well as the other host. What's up, man? Um, Today we are going to dive into prayer as a topic. This isn't necessarily following a sermon series or anything, but uh, we want to jump in and talk about prayer. Uh, One of our mission elements uh, at Connection Point Church is prayer is our priority. Yes. And, um, you know, I think just even in this season, we're seeing as uh, pastoral staff, just an increase in the spirit calling us to prayer and fasting and other things. So we just want to go ahead and jump in and just kind of chat about this for a little bit. Yeah. So Jeff, what, uh, you know, what is prayer? Prayer is our priority. What does that mean? Uh, I just, you know, prayer is the thing that's, I mean, it's in just about every religion. And certainly it's in the roots of Christianity and Judaism and, you know, all the way back they prayed in the Old Testament, they prayed and it was very clearly a a communication method to God uh, to talk to the Lord. I think in the New Testament to hear from the Lord. Uh, And so, you know, we say around here because we believe if if we pray, then the kingdom of God will be built on earth as it is in heaven. In fact, that phrase is in the prayer Jesus prayed. And when the disciples were like, we don't know how to pray, tell us to pray. Uh, Jesus told them, you know, we call it the Lord's prayer now, but one of the phrases is on earth as it is in heaven. And prayer is really the key to that. It's the, it's the key. Why is it a priority? Well, uh, without, I believe that without prayer, uh, a church, a person, an individual really has no no chance in life. I don't know how you would, you would make it, how a church would make it. It is literally the way uh, we communicate to God, the way God fills our tank, you know, with the sort of the spiritual fuel of our life. And you, you know, there's much to be said for other components of spirituality, like worship and uh, uh, reading the word, you know, there's a number of elements and maybe we'll do a, a, a session on talking about some of those things as well. But uh, what I have discovered in the last, I mean, I, I've been in ministry for just about 25 years. What I have learned, we we have moved away from a prayer movement, whereas in the middle to the, uh, you know, since Pentecost was birthed in 1906, uh, was really, if you read revivals, they're all birthed out of prayer. None of them are birthed out of worship. Yep. None of them are birthed out of dynamic preaching. Every revival that's ever been recorded, including the day of Pentecost, the original revival, if you will, uh, started with a prayer meeting. They started with people gathering together and calling on God. And so I just have, I just believe, and I think it's scripturally true that prayer needs to be the main spiritual priority in our life so that we have the fuel from the Holy Spirit, the fuel from God to live our life on mission, to do the things that he wants us to do, mm-hmm. to be the person he wants us to be as we grow and develop in our life. And it's, it's why we pray corporately. Uh, we have passionate core prayer every Sunday at nine. We started a new passionate core uh, prayer meeting at 7 uh, a.m. on Tuesday mornings, which is really early. Yeah. But I know the Holy <laughs> spirit hears us when we pray that early. Anyway, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we, so we believe in the corporate idea of prayer together. Uh, and I think the Bible supports that, that when God's people gather to pray, there's things that happen that don't happen necessarily when an individual prays. There's just a different dynamic in the room. Yeah. However, we do believe and we, and we hope and, 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 and hope and pray that people will 
engage prayer, you know, on their own. So it's a, yeah. I, I'd say that only to say like, it's a, it's a corporate deal that we do together. It's a priority we put in the life of the church. Uh, is it, but it's also a priority we want to put in the lives of individuals that Absolutely. they as people will yep. learn how to pray. I think if you engage, you know, our corporate prayer times and you can mimic that, you can repeat that, you can practice that on yeah. your own yeah. with no one else, you know, in the room praying with you. So it's a priority for us. It's going to be a priority for us. It's a priority in my life. Uh, I always feel like, man, I, I want my prayer life to be better. Yeah. I want it to be deeper. Yeah. I want to pray more than I do. I really want to call on the Lord. Um, you know, like, like Paul Wright, pray without ceasing. Well, that yeah. doesn't mean, you know, you're in your prayer closet, wherever that is, or your bedroom or your car or whatever. You're just, you know, you're just always praying and you're, you're never interacting with humanity, you know. Mm-hmm. It just means that we're in this attitude of prayers we walk around as we go through our life. And so I just think those kinds of things don't happen by accident. That kind of a prayer, that kind of a life with the Holy Spirit doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional about being in a place of prayer, being a person of prayer corporately and individually. So it's got to be a priority. Yeah, and I think just the word priority right there lends itself to – you know, it, it has to be an action that you choose to do it has to be something that yeah. you're pursuing because uh, I feel like oftentimes there's a, a lack of people that come, you know, and have questions or, or want more of God. It's often because they don't have a deep prayer life. They don't have that discipline of getting in the prayer closet or spending time with God. And it's not the priority. And I think oftentimes believers can overlook what should be the priority which is prayer yeah. and what we want as a church body, but also as individuals yeah. and just move past that and not really, not really pursue that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of not the culture of the church right now though, right. at least in the West, like our culture has become uh, a worship culture. Yeah. And you know, it's like, there's, there's not very many contemporary Christian music artists out there anymore, really who aren't just doing worship stuff. Right. The, the most popular things are worship. And I'm not saying that that is wrong, but we have sort of like people find it easy to worship and they're, you know, they're good at worship. They've learned how to worship. They do it. They sing, they whatever. Yeah. But prayer has, has, is the thing that's taken the hit. They, we used to stay around and I, you know, this is not like a, let's go back to the good old days. <laughs> I'm not saying that I, I, because I think that can be bad too, but I, but I think, uh, years ago, the habit of the church was to tarry in prayer, mm-hmm. not tarry in worship right. or tarry in fellowship. Yeah. Those are good things. Worship and fellowship are good things, but, but it's not the, the original purpose of the church. Yeah. That my house will be a house of prayer. And so we've strayed from that some, and it's, it's, it has messed up our priorities. I think we've forgotten the power of prayer. Yeah. And maybe for good, I mean, not good reason, but, but under an understandable reason that, uh, you know, God, one of the questions I get all the time, well, why do I pray? Because God doesn't do anything when I pray. Like there's no answers to my prayer Right. and I pray and I've had those conversations. Look, they'll just be honest. I've had those conversations with God when I lay hands on my kid because they're sick or whatever. And you know, God heal them. And that's like the worst feeling as a parent, right? Like yeah, when your kids yeah, are sick right. and you don't know what to do and the doctors don't know what to do. And you just, you know, you're just sort of at the end of the, the line. 
uh, and you, you, you know, God raise up my son or my daughter, heal them. And then he doesn't, Mm -hmm. or God, I need you to do this miracle in my life, or I need you to provide in this way. And we pray, um, and that would be what's called a petitional prayer, Mm -hmm. like asking God now that, and it's a biblical prayer because the Bible says, let your requests be made known unto God. He's a good father. He wants to hear what you want. Uh, or what you need, I should say what you need, not what you want. You can pray for what you want, yeah. all you all you desire, <laughs> but yeah. God is more interested in what you need, yep. not what you want. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, a lot of people do pray and let God know the things that they believe that they need and don't receive the things that they need. And that's a different discussion, I guess, about the sovereignty of God, uh, which is an interesting discussion. But yeah. I say that to only say that's one of the things I think that has caused Western Christianity to wane in the things of prayer yeah, because they don't, they have not seen, we have not seen the results we think we should have saw. Maybe we, yeah. we think we should see or the results we hear about right. in other parts of the world. And so I think that's a challenge yeah. that we're facing uh, to pray anyway. And in spite of it, in spite of what we think we don't see. Right. Yeah. And that it just brings up a thought. Um, just thinking about agreeing with God, uh, mm. and, and, and kind of like a warfare, you know, mm. spiritual warfare yeah. is, is what prayer is. And for me, like there's, there's two type or there's two, um, when you're thinking about warfare, there's two methods, there's worship and intercession. And we have focused a lot on worship. I think it's it, it, it for a number of reasons and it kind of strays in different directions. And, but worship is a, is agreeing. It's an agreement with who God is. So there's, yeah. there's obviously that needs to be a part the of the theologically sound songs that are written right. And there's, there's a lot of garbage is. out there. <laughs> let's, um, let's be clear. Yeah. About that. But I think like to that point of like, we don't, we, as in Western culture, we, we worship a lot. Like that's a, a main focus. It should be part of the focus, but then, you know, you look at prayer intercession is an mm-hmm. agreement with who God promises or what God promises to do. Yeah. And the whole idea of speaking the prophetic over the future and over people and over places and like, what is God wanting to do and what truths, uh, you know, relate to his promises and things like that. Um, if we completely erase that or just not even engage that at all, we're missing a huge portion of what, you know, we consider warfare or spiritual warfare. It's, It's that idea of agreement versus just making me feel better. Right. About what I'm facing or what I see and like worship. I feel like often does remind me of the, the greatness of God, but in a way that makes me feel like really good about, you know, staying yeah. under his sovereignty or, mm-hmm. you know, I can trust the Lord, whatever. But prayer takes it to a totally different dynamic yeah. of agreeing with the things that God said. He said, I am a refuge. Yeah. I am the strong tower. I am the one that you can run to and be safe. I, you know, Psalm 91, I'm the, I am, I, he is the, the shelter that, you know, it talks about hiding in the shelter of his yeah. wings. Yeah. He is that for us. Right. So when we pray it though, it has a different dynamic than when I say it this for way, sure. than when we worship it, Yeah. because it's almost like this confession of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the prophetic that comes out in a prayer where you're speaking things that are not as though they were, yeah. I mean, we can get all kinds of, scriptures. Yep. Um, I, I think that does something different to our spirits. In fact, I would say maybe it's, it, it, it's really a, a thing of faith. Like it builds faith. Yeah, yeah, prayer builds faith. It builds a, a, 
you know, the root, if you will, the root system of your faith has to go deeper than, um, you know, so the, then, then most of us, I would say are like our, our, our root system. And that's why when we go through trouble, we go through difficulty, we we tend to fall back to a petitional state of right. prayer because our, and I think that's because again, not, not because we don't let a request be known unto God, but because our roots are shallow, our, our tree is t- beaten by the winds that we're facing or whatever, you know, that like we're being yeah. tossed back and forth. Yeah. Didn't Paul talk about that? we got to reach maturity. I think the point of that is that your the roots of your faith would go deeper and would be stronger in the yeah. things of God. So you can withstand whatever the world throws at you. Yeah. And I just don't think that comes through worship. I don't, yeah. I, I, I think worship is a powerful thing that's in our life, but it doesn't come that way. It doesn't come through preaching the word of God. Yeah. It does come through studying the word of God and pr- I think praying the word of God, confessing the word of God, speaking those things, those truths that we don't have to, you know, pray about, I guess, because yeah. <laughs> you know, they're true. If right. they're in the word of God, they're true. And we can confess those things over our life. And that helps us put those roots deeper Yeah. so that our faith is not about us anymore. It's really about what God wants to do and what he's trying to accomplish in the world. Yeah. That's a great place to live your life. And, and an overflow of that is, is worship, you know, like that's, that's right. That's where it comes from is from a place of your prayer life. If you're, if God's wrecking you or showing you stuff through, through your prayer life, like how much yeah. more vibrant is your worship going to be? How yeah. much more impactful is that experience going to be? And even as a, you know, we, when we first launched Passionate core prayer, we kind of talked about that was just the idea that, like we want to see the spirit of God move in our services. How can we do that if, you know, people aren't spending time with God throughout the week or right. how can we do that? Like, it's not going to happen. Right. It's a reflection of where people are in their own lives. And it's also a reflection of where we are as a body and in, in our prayer life and in our, in our depth and uh, our just passion for God. So it's like, if, if we're not praying, if we're not doing that, like the worship's just going to be songs. We're yeah. just going to be singing it and, you're not going to have that experience. And I think a lot of people are, I feel like there's a lot of believers that want to experience the worship experience. You know, they want to experience God moving in that way uh, without, I guess, putting in the work. Well, no, totally. <laughs> like we, we put a lot of stock as, as believers in that worship experience. Yeah. I mean, we even call it the experience right. or whatever. <laughs> I don't want people to experience worship. I yeah. want people to participate. Yeah. So what makes the difference? Uh, the difference is, do you pray yeah. through the week? Do you seek the Lord outside of Sunday? Yeah. Is it beyond Sunday? There you yeah, go. There's exactly. a good play for you. I mean, have you moved your faith beyond Seriously though. For real. <laughs> like, like have you moved it beyond Sunday morning? Yeah. Uh I can always tell in our worship services, it, it doesn't matter how intense our passionate core prayer is, uh, we can have the greatest, most prophetic, most unbelievable passionate core prayer time uh at nine o'clock as we've ever experienced, and it does not mean automatically that there will be a dynamic in the worship when it starts at 10. Yeah. That is always determined by, well, sovereignly by the Holy yeah. spirit, but, you, but it's determined by uh, how the people have spent time with God through the week. Yeah. So I've learned often if God, if, if I'm struggling to lead that service or I'm trying to, I'm struggling. And, and frankly, when I'm struggling, that means that the Holy spirit is struggling. I don't, I don't know if he struggles, but, he, in the sense of he's striving with the people, he's yeah. trying to move them. Yeah. 
It's just that the, like the more you spend time with God, the easier it is for the Holy Spirit to move in and among us. For sure. So the more of our people that move in, more connection point people that move in, and this would be true in any church, yeah. move into a beyond Sunday kind of faith yeah. where they are praying through the week, they are seeking God, maybe not in the same way. It's going to look yeah, different. It's going to sure. feel different, of course, than a corporate gathering, but they're seeking the Lord. They're putting in the effort. They're they're putting in the energy uh, to to deepen those roots of faith through yeah. through prayer and the word of God and things like that. And we we would call that devotional life. And we'll we'll do another episode on that at some point. But uh, if they're doing that, that is what translates to a more dynamic, more impactful, more people say they want God to move more freely in our services. Well, the answer is individuals seeking God through the week, coming together corporately then, experiencing God uh, and participating with God corporately that is influenced or fueled by your private life, yeah. your private devotional life. So when we see that, uh, that's what we see in Jesus life, right? We yeah. see Jesus, uh, slipping away mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to the, to the mountain or to the wilderness or wherever he went. Yeah. And early in his ministry, he went all by himself. Later on, he would take, uh, Peter, James and John with him or, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe, maybe some other disciples got a turn now and then. Uh, but he would slip off and spend time with the father and then he would come and do ministry and then he would slip away and do, do time with the father and then he would come and do ministry. And so there was this, there was this, uh, putting out for the people working with the people, praying, healing them, whatever, preaching, whatever he was doing, and then a withdrawal and then a go out and then a withdrawal. And he did it over and over and over again. And that's sort of what I think the church is missing. We're always going and yeah. doing yeah. I mean, there's millions of minutes we have more ministry today yeah. not just in our in our church but in you know collectively across the world we have more ministry today work you know the doing side of christianity than probably ever before yeah ever in the history of the church there's never been so many ministries and opportunities for people to do and we love to do we're doers we love sure. to do but that's not the pattern of jesus was not to always do yeah. and it wasn't to do the cursory prayer you know, hey, disciples, let's gather real quick. We're about to preach to the 5,000, and let's just gather and say a quick prayer and yeah. ask the <laughs> Lord to anoint us. No, no, no. It, it Jesus didn't even have to do that. It was built all, it was completely built on his private devotional prayer life yeah. with the Father. And remember, he didn't have the Bible. I mean, he was the Bible, right? right? right. He is the Word, but he didn't have the Scriptures in that way. Neither did the New Testament apostles. Right. Right. They didn't, they had the Old Testament. They did not have what we have. So they weren't, you know, checking everything that they thought or prayed by the scriptures. We have the the privilege of that today. Yeah. But they were seeking God. They were in fact I I'm I'm just you know this this message will, this episode will come out right after I started chapter 4 of Acts and in chapter 4 as Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin they there's two things that the Sanhedrin noticed. These guys were full of the Holy Spirit and they it says they they marked or that they 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 could see that they had been with Jesus. Yeah. So they had some marks on their lives and those things came from those prayer meetings. When the 120 were in the upper, the upper room, nobody else, they, nobody knew they were there until they started preaching and yeah. praying. Yeah. Nobody knew. And so there's, so, there's just something about it, about prayer and making it a, a, a significant part of your life. Whatever that looks like, uh, it's going to look different for different people, but making it a point, to build those roots deep and and know the Lord through prayer individually. And then you bring, 
whatever your individually individual is, you bring that corporately to the body. So if it's strong, you're bringing strong to the body. If it's weak, you're bringing a weakness to the body. So, and that's what Paul's meaning when he says, look, we all have to grow up into maturity. Yeah. We all have to advance. We can't stay where we're at. We have to grow. We have to move. And I just think one of the, one of the main ways the Lord grows his people is through prayer. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the way I like to think about it is like that time that you spend in prayer is time that is tenderizing your heart. Yeah. And that's something I pray for myself all the time. Just, I, you know, I want God to give me a tender heart to, to make me tender for what his spirit is tender for, what mm-hmm. is moving. And as, as we do that, we become tender to what his spirit, the spirit moving. We become tender to that so that when we're in a place uh, of corporate gathering and the spirit's moving, we're instantly in that moment. Whereas if we're always doing or always just go, 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 our hearts become hard in that. And it, it is much harder for us to, yeah. give in or at least release ourselves into what the spirit's doing. If, if we're not tender, uh, what you just said is so important. It's so important in individual people's lives as well as a corporate church, because uh, if you want to know what the spirit is saying, let me tell you the ways not to know. Stop watching the goofballs on YouTube and TikTok. <laughs> Stop watching the so-called prophets so you can get an edge on what yeah. God is sending to the world. You know, stop reading the latest book by, I won't mention any authors, but the, the, and it's not that they're bad people. Yeah, Many of them, no. some of them are kooky, but some of them are well-meaning, but like, we don't need any more books by a rabbi. We, what we need is to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Yeah. And yeah, he speaks through prophets sometimes, but guess what? Because of what Jesus has done, you have a direct, you have a direct, yeah. direct access to what the spirit of God is hearing from the father, the words of the father, the prayers of Jesus. And he can speak those things directly to you. If you'll pray, if you'll seek his face, if you'll listen to him in prayer, you don't need the greatest and latest book or whatever about all the things that are going to go wrong in the world in the next 18 months or whatever's going to happen. We just need the Holy spirit to speak. And so you're right. It tenderizes our heart. So when he whispers to us, because you're asking God, I'm asking God, everyone, everybody listening, at least once a day, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Just tell me what you want me to do. I I don't know what to do. So tell me what to do. Uh, The more you pray and seek the face of God, the easier it is because your heart's tender. The easier it it is to flow with what the spirit is saying. I want to know what the spirit is saying. Yeah, I don't, I don't even care what Jeff Carlson thinks. Right. I want to know what the spirit is saying. Yeah. Uh, because the Bible says, you know, John 16, he will guide us into truth. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of trouble in the world, Yeah, but he's going to guide us into truth. And it's, it's like, uh, I'll use a football reference since we're on football. We're almost <laughs> a football season. It's like the running back looking at it, It's the, you know, they have runs. Now you hand off the ball and the running back can pick where he wants to go. Yeah. If there's an opening to the right, he can go there. He can go wherever he wants. I don't know what they call that play, but you know, he did, it's not like a designed gap run or whatever, uh, wherever he sees a hole. And, and it's almost like we're carrying the ball and the Holy spirit is leading us to find that hole. We're going to weave our way through the defense, the enemy. Yeah. We're going to weave our way through it so that we can get to the end. We press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. Well, guess what? If you're counting on the latest and greatest prophetic book or the latest and greatest prophetic YouTuber 
or whatever it is, instead of the Holy Spirit who's in you, to engage him in prayer and allow him to lead, to lead you along, along those lines and lead you, weave you through the defense so you can get to the goal line, you're counting on the wrong thing. We've got to count on the Holy Spirit, and we've got to listen to him. And the only way that comes is through prayer, is to listen to him through prayer. So I just implore us, we're, we're going to be a church that prays. Connection Point is going to be a church that prays and seeks the face of the Lord. We're going to follow him as he weaves us around our culture and weaves us in and out of the enemy and the defense, whatever, uh, so that we can score the goal the kingdom has asked us to do. He's asked us to do specific things. He's designed them before the world was was created. So we're going to follow his lead. And the way we're going to know what he wants is our staff is going to seek God in prayer. Mm-hmm. Our deacons, when we have meetings, are going to seek God in prayer. Our key leaders, when we get together and train, we're going to seek God in prayer. I don't care if we're doing a class or training, the first thing we're going to do is seek the Lord in prayer. What do you want us to do, Lord? On Sunday morning, when the when the whole church gathers, we're going to seek the Lord in prayer. That's going to be our priority. And I'm praying and I trust and I want that sort of that, uh, that idea, that priority to spill over into people's individual lives, that they're doing that on their own. Yeah. Well, guys, that's going to be it for this episode. Um, we just want to leave you with that challenge. Take uh, take time this week to seek God in a deeper, Amen. more meaningful way than you have before, and uh, see if He doesn't tenderize your heart. And guarantee you see the Holy Spirit move. In I'll a tell you, it's way. a it's a money back guarantee for me. Yeah, if you seek the Lord and and He doesn't show up in your life yeah. eventually after you've been tenacious about it, yeah, I'll give you all your money back. You're yeah. not paying for it, so yeah. I can promise that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He'll be faithful. He will. He will be faithful. All right, well, we'll see you in the next episode. Uh, we'll be talking about prayer, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to keep going with this. Uh, we have some more things to touch on, and we'll we'll be diving into how and why we do our passionate corporate prayer the way we do it. So we'll see you in the next one. See you then.